It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. You pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 10 of Survivor Winners at War. We have hit double digits, which makes sense because we saw Tyson booted for the second time this season. We have a lot to get into, a whole family's worth, and I'm talking like a Kim Spradlin size family's worth of content to get into. And we have such a great panel to break down everything from this very intriguing yet somewhat confusing episode of Survivor and everything surrounding it. Let me welcome in the co-owner of a B&B, member of my podcast family, Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm just still laughing about the Fiji Airways promotion, which was probably the worst time for an airway promotion. But you know what? Here we are. And I can't wait to talk about everything. Yeah, there's uh, the only thing that was worse was last week on Top Chef, they did a Trolls promotion and the winner of the challenge won uh, a red carpet ticket to the premiere of Trolls World Tour that is absolutely invalidated. So we are living in different times and we were living even in different times last year when this person we got to see have her own loved ones visit, got to be living out on Fiji, got to even experience a bit of the Edge of Extinction, even if she didn't visit it. She is here making her B&B debut. We are so happy to welcome Lauren O'Connell from Survivor Season 38 to the B&B. Lauren, how's it going? I'm great. So good to be here. I'm very excited. When you said it was a year ago, it feels like a lifetime ago that we were watching my loved ones visit. I was watching the last episode with my dad, and it was on the same island that we had ours. And every time that comes up, I mean, we watch every episode and I'm like, oh, I was there, I was there. And every time they do some challenge on that island, my dad's like, that's my island, that's my island. And oh, so he's, that's just, his island now. Yeah, it's his island. He owns it now, apparently. Um, but he, it's so weird that it was only a year ago that we were watching it back because it does feel so far removed in a way. Um, but I'm very excited to be here. And it's so, I'm, I'm excited for what you have in store. Yeah. How would you have felt if you could have gotten your entire family out for the family visit? Oh my gosh. I mean, God, if anyone even watched my family visit, I don't even think I spoke words. I was just bawling the whole time, which was kind of my MO anyway. But I mean, I couldn't, I don't think I could have handled it. I don't think I could have handled it. It was very good to just have my dad out there. But I think I'm also in a different stage of life than a lot of the people playing right now. A lot of them have their kids. A lot of them have multiple kids. Like Jeremy had his whole family there. You know, I don't, I don't, the only people you would bring out would be my mom, my dad, and you know, my brother and sister, which would be incredible to experience with them. But I do think there's a different level of, I don't want to say seriousness, but attachment when it is your kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like Michelle. I don't know if you guys saw what, she had to yeah. say about it, but she's like, I don't have kids. Like I just have my sister. And I think that would have been a lot of um, what I was experiencing. So I'm 
so, so thankful I even got to have my dad out there. Um, but I'm, I think it was a really fun aspect to get to see these survivors that I've grown up watching get to have their whole family there. I know a lot of people may have different opinions about it. I thought it was cool. And I think, you know, I'm a Parvati fan until I die. So getting to see her have, you know, her daughter out there and her husband, I thought was super cool, um, whether she's on the extinction or edge of extinction or not. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse for Michelle. They could have padded out her entourage by having Jeff bring Wendell in. Storyline is so confusing to me. So confusing to me. <laughs> well, I actually uh, to get into your family visit a bit before we move into season 40, because I did get a question from Josh Green specific to oh. you. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if, if you remember this, Lauren, or if you listened to when Bryce was on with season 38 talking to Rob, <laughs> but he was obsessed with your dad and, and wanted to open a pizza shop with him. Do you remember if he had any reaction or had heard about Bryce Isaiah's love for your dad, Joey? Oh, I definitely had Bryce texted me as soon as he saw my dad on screen. And he, all he sent me was zaddy. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, my, this is not the first time that someone has brought to my attention that they think that my dad is an attractive man. Like my, you know, my friends in college thought he was, I'm, people think he's very attractive. He's just my dad. So it kind of creeps me out, but I get it. And I love the love for him because he is, I mean, he's my best friend. He's the best person I know. So it was, it was fun. Um, and it was a really special, special experience, but Bryce's, I think Bryce's reaction was one of my favorites, one of my what? favorites. And if you remember, it was before the finale, people were like, Oh, I wonder what people are going to wear. I wonder what people are going to wear. I don't remember why I remember this so well, but he was like, I don't care what Lauren's wearing. I care what Zaddy Joey is wearing. <laughs> I was like, I, I respect that, actually. I respect that. <laughs> oh, my God. Would your dad ever do the Zaddy calendar if it ever Never. got expanded oh my to loved God, ones? No. Never. My dad, <laughs> no. no, my dad doesn't have any social media. My dad does. No, my gosh, no. He would roll over in his grave one day if he, someone was looking at a zaddy calendar of him. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Lauren, you spoke a bit about, you know, your opinions about poverty and some of these people who, you know, have built upon 20 years of Survivor. So we heard you a bit talk uh, at Rob's premiere event at the very beginning of the season when the season and the world was a very different place. Now that we are really looking down the home stretch here at the final month of Survivor 40, has it lived up to expectations for you? What have you been thinking about the season so far? I, I think I said this maybe in my interview. I don't know. Like you said, that feels like a lifetime ago. I was talking to Kelly about it actually yesterday about how that was kind of our last social outing before everything really happened. Um, and so I'm trying to even remember what I said. But if it holds true, for me, it's a fun experience now because my little sister is 12. She has now watched every single season of Survivor up until this point. She started right wow. when we heard that I was going to be on the show. So two years ago. Um, and she's watched every single season. So she knows these people. She is so invested in Boston Rob and oh. Harvey and Ethan. I mean, she's 12. She loves it. And it's so fun for me to get to then see it through her eyes and get to watch it again with these people that I love. And now she loves. And, you know, she is she loves these old school players just like I do. And she loves the new school players, too. And so I think that it's even more fun than I could have imagined just because I do get to see it with my family. And we know these players, like I said, with the family visit, getting to see them with their families 
It's like, we know these people. We know that they have families. We know that Boston Robin Amber met. We saw them fall in love. And I think it's so cool and adds a completely different element of Survivor that I've never really, really seen before. Even with second chances, you know, like obviously the, the audience got to vote these players in to play again. But there's a different level when you saw Parvati play, you know, twice before. And you get to see her again and you saw her win and, and, and you followed her journey. And I just think it's, it's so much cooler just from a viewer's aspect and a, a relationship aspect than I could have imagined back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think especially the family is like really just killed me seeing tiny Tony out there running around. It's just like, what am I even watching uh, right now? I don't even, I don't know, even remember the kid's name, but we're calling him tiny Tony yeah. from now on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Like, I love that. Kids. I love that. It just it was it was really emotional. I know it took up a large chunk of the episode, especially the fact that you had the edge of extinction family visit as well. But between Tiny Tony, the babies in the life jackets, like Parv and her baby, and John Fincher, the poser, back on, like I cried more than I I would like to admit. Yeah, I mean, this this was very. I don't know. I particularly felt very emotional, and this is the first family visit, actually. No, I was going to say the first family visit that I've experienced as a parent, but I did experience the Island of the Idols one. But it was something about having the actual kids get out there. Like when Bergen came out for Tyson, I think oh that's my when gosh, like, I lost I, it. I, I really started going because like it, it, the, the reason why I really like the first half of this episode in particular is because this season, more so than others, and I think Second Chances is a great comparison, Lauren, this more like than other returning player seasons like that, this feels like a celebration of Survivor. Right. Absolutely. This feels like a, a legacy, like we are celebrating the fact that these people have been able to play this game and do this type of stuff. And here they are for, for one last round, as it Absolutely. were. And so and so I think, you know, it's really great as Survivor fans to watch Rob Mariano go from his first family visit when he is just like using time with his brother to talk about how much he betrayed Lect and how fun it was to like him mm-hmm. weeping over seeing his four daughters or. Oh, you yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Even so, even someone like Adam, who obviously had a very baked in family visit around the circumstances around his mother, he sort of had his own full circle experience with his dad coming out and sort of having him Absolutely. be able to connect there and say like, okay, now this it's your turn to be able to sort of experience this and bring the spirit of mom. So like as a Survivor fan, I think it was necessary. I think it was a particularly special moment. And I appreciate the show, you know, taking care of that. But it's also tough because then you're like, how do you edit the second half Oh god, yeah, episode. no. And I think this- like having played, I have a different opinion of it. And so we watch, you know, we watch we watch the family visit. It's awesome. It's great. I love it. We get into tribal council. Everything's happening. People are whispering and we can talk about that in a second because I know people have opinions about that as well. Um, but we vote out we they vote out Tyson. The second he's voted out, all I can say is we missed so much. You know, I would love to know what happened at camp and I know everyone feels that way, but like having gone through it, it's like we missed so much this episode, especially. And I feel that way with a lot of episodes, almost everyone. It's like, I wonder what was happening behind the scenes that we didn't see or what was edited to make us more nervous for someone um, that probably wasn't needed or didn't, wasn't real. Um, But this episode, especially it was like, I would love to have heard, I don't know, maybe even like five minutes more of conversation, just so I had an idea of where these alliances stood. Because honestly, going into tribal, I didn't even know that it was split five, five. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, because it was like all these these uh, seemingly more permanent relationships like popped out out of nowhere. And it was like, oh, OK, so now this is sort of a seemingly a super clear cut situation, which we didn't know before. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and, I, and I can imagine that it must be interesting from your perspective, not only playing the game, but also I would say Edge of Extinction, particularly the post-merge, had a lot of, you know, votes that swung back and forth and weren't particularly uh, explained as in much in a cohesive way to the audience as you would have probably liked. So like you could Absolutely. you certainly probably feel their pain of like I I don't know. I personally feel like the Tyson vote in particular is one of the more out of nowhere votes we've recently experienced where like he had I think a single confessional of yeah I could expect it being me tonight because I've been voted out before. Right. But I think if you if you look at that group if you're like okay it could be Kim, it could be Jeremy. I feel like people like Kim and Jeremy had much bigger fingers pointing at them and maybe that was done to make the big surprise of tyson going a thing but i don't know i personally would rather have a reason explained to me for mm. less of a surprise than just like a complete trap door pulled out from under me no don't get me wrong i think tyson should have been voted out the second he stepped off of edge of extinction and back into the game <laughs> yeah. okay and i mean that with all love i think tyson should have his own show i love watching him on my screen i was so excited when he made it back but there is not one part of me that thinks he should not have been the first vote. Not one part of me. So the fact that he was voted out, I'm like, thank God for the people still in the game. Like if you let someone who is not only an old school player with huge ties to the people that are now making up your jury, spend time with those people that are now making up your jury, make it past the first vote. You are psychotic. And that is probably from my personal bias and my say. personal experience. But I feel so strongly about that. I remember the first vote. He wasn't even targeted at all. And I was like, what is happening? And I get the whole, I think Kelly and I talked about this too. Um, it was like, I get the whole, oh, we have time, we have time, we have time. But then all of a sudden it's the final six and that person is fighting idols and winning immunities and you don't have time anymore to get the person out that spent time with the jury, you know? So I think, and these people watched my season. So it was just super interesting for me to watch him get, you know, what was it? Three votes in, I guess, um, versus mm -hmm. being voted out first. So I could see that being the reasoning behind it. Um, but I would have loved to hear people somewhat talk about it. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, we've seen someone from the edge of extinction who had all of those connections with the jury come back and obviously win the game. But I'm just right. kind of wondering what it might look like from the players that are out there from their perspective at the time. Like, Lauren, did you feel like you had a sense of, oh, if this edge of extinction person makes it far because, you know, like Rick Devins comes back. Did you kind of have a right. sense that like, oh, if he makes it far, he's going to give it. I mean, I guess, you know, how did you perceive the situation when you were out there? Did you feel like it was as threatening so, as we now know? Right. So when I was out there, I felt absolutely completely opposite than what I just said. And that's only <laughs> because well, it's true. It's like I had no clue what was going on out on the edge of extinction. Did I want Rick out right away? No. But then as soon as he didn't want to work with Kelly or me, I was like, well, get him gone. Let mm -hmm. him leave. Like when he, if he gets to the final, you know, three, he's going to have a better story than me. It was not because I thought that he was building relationships on the edge because I had no clue. I did not know what was going on over there. And, you know, we only had what he was saying, which were right. all lies anyway, which they should be, you know, if he comes back, he shouldn't tell us the truth, but I didn't know. So yeah. even, you know, so with Rick and then obviously as, as the game progresses and Rick gets um, from what we perceived more dangerous, 
you know, I'm like, let's get him out. Let's get him out. And everyone kind of kept putting it in the back burner. And we saw how that turned out. But with Chris, Chris, I did not for one second think would get a vote. And I truly mean that when he came back into the game, I was like, first of all, I voted him out. I voted him out. And I love Chris. I don't mean that with any animosity, but it's, it's true. I voted him out on day eight. Okay. On Manu. I have lived so much life between day eight and day 35. When right. I would say day, day eight is your appearance on the premiere podcast versus day 38, which is this podcast right now. Exactly. I've been through, I've been through quarantine. I've been through living with my parents. I've been through like so many things since, and I didn't know what Chris was doing, right? So from my mm-hmm. perspective, he's just hanging out over there, doing absolutely nothing, not playing the game. Because again, I didn't know. Um, and so when he comes back into the game, I'm like, all right, well, let's just say he's sitting at the final three. This dude has played 12 days, 12. I have played three times as many days plus one as him. So mm-hmm. there's no way that he gets a vote, right? And obviously I underestimated the the bond that people were making over at edge of extinction. And I also, again, this is completely biased. So take this with a grain of salt. Uh, the, the way that the, the jury I felt had to probably justify their experience. You know, if you don't vote for the edge of extinction, then you're saying that you weren't playing the game. Mm-hmm. I think that Chris played an incredible game with the, what, what was it? Three days that he had. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. He played an incredible three days. But I also mm-hmm. did not think that when I was in the game that he would get any. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, but I say all that with season 40, those players, they saw my season. So right. I, don't know what, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know how they're perceiving it. And I don't know if maybe Edge of Extinction and, and the past relationships that have already been built up into that point outweigh what you're doing on Edge of Extinction. You know, I, I just don't know. Well, that's the thing is that going into this season, I know I personally said like, Due to the backlash that these players literally just saw from the ending of your season before going out there, you would think they're like, okay, if there's Edge of Extinction, we're not voting for the person who returned because that would feel like, you know, a real uh, middle finger to the fans who, you know, we have sort of been building for the past few years. But I wonder if this idea of the fire token system of like actually having things to do on Edge of Extinction that affect the main game, I wonder if that makes it more palatable to a jury of like, well, you were on Edge of Extinction this entire time, but like I was hustling my ass, I was finding advantages, I was trading them to people, look what they were able to do because of me. So I don't know. I, I, I still think it's still a slight impossibility that it can happen, but I feel like it's more possible than it would on paper starting this season because now they have things to add to their resume, even though they're out of the game. Absolutely. And again, I say all of this knowing very, very well that I am 100% biased. I am so biased. It's not even funny. I do not know anything about Edge. I wasn't there. I never experienced it. So I don't know. I would have a hard time being a winner, which I am not. So again, take all of this with my fifth place knowledge. Um, voting for someone that, that was voted out first. You know, like I, I would have a hard time voting for Natalie, who was voted out first if she didn't come back at the merge and she came back on whatever day they're planning on bringing people back. Um, and that's mm. only because I, I do somewhat know that it is hard to make it today. I mean, I was voted on 37. So I think it's incredibly, incredibly hard to make it to day 37 dealing with the, the social hierarchy and the, the, 
the political side and the relationship side and the physical side of actually being the game. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think if maybe you ask Rick or you ask Chris, they would have a different answer for you. Um, But my experience was my experience. And do I, do I hope that, you know, they make it super interesting. And if someone comes back from edge and they win and it's Parvati, I'm going to scream from excitement. (laughs) I would love for her to win, you know? Um, And it's nothing against that. It's just the idea that it is difficult to get to, day 39 in the game. And I think that there's something to be said about that. Well, I really, really love the comment that you made about essentially people on the edge voting for someone who is on the edge as justifying their own gameplay, because then why would you bother staying on the edge if you didn't viably think that you could come back and win? Like if you've already written off somebody from the edge coming back and winning, then there's no point in you being there because theoretically everybody else would have that same perspective. So I think that that's really, really astute. And and I think it's something to keep in mind. Now, whether or not the winners are going to share that same perspective, I don't know, because Lauren, you know, most of the people had your version, I guess, quote unquote, of Survivor. You know, they were winners that played on a non-edge of extinction season. So they know what it's like. They know how hard it is to make it to day 39. And so, you know, are they going to continue to value that because that's what they valued previously and that's what they won their games for, you know? So, uh, but I do think there's something to be said, though, about Survivor can do whatever Survivor wants. And that is why people love the game so much. You know, there is there is this evolution to the game. That's why you have the old school players and the new school players. That's why you have this, um, this desire to watch the next season and find out what the next theme is. I mean, that was always so fun for me when I was little. And so I, I don't ever want it to come across. Like, I don't think the edge of extinction is an awesome twist. I think it's so fun. I love that we get to see Boston, Robin, Amber and Natalie and, you know, Ethan Parvati still, Um, I just think from my perspective, you know, it is an interesting, it is an interesting twist that you take into account when you have winners playing now that haven't played it before and now have to take it into account. Well, and as a viewer, I'm right there with you with if Parv comes back, I will be praising to the high heavens edge of extinction. I will be <laughs> we'll, like, we'll, we'll, we'll all do like a Tyson SVL at the top of our yeah, lives. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Ever. I love it. <laughs> There was that cute moment when she kissed her baby, which I like am fully familiar with because babies around like the 10 to 12 month period can't form their, they can't purse their lips, uh, which makes them horrible for like pictures, selfies, uh, but also they're, they can't really kiss back. So it's more so that you're like, and I think Parvi's kid was like licking her, which is like some form of affection from that, from a kid of that age. So. Uh, and also, I mean, John Fincher, he can get it and he was getting it on the edge in that one extended shot where they like bonumed each other with rem- reminiscent of Rupert and Laura, where they were just like, they were, I mean, when you haven't seen your, your significant other in a while with a young baby, I can imagine there's a lot of passion there. <laughs> yeah, I, I met I met um, John and Parvati at the um, at Rob's premiere party. And I will say it was the biggest fangirl moment of my life. And that is taking into account the fangirl moment I had over Kelly on my season. So think that times like 20. Seriously. And this is not a joke. And Aubrey can attest to it. Harvey walked in and I literally turned around. I couldn't handle it. I was like, my heart was racing. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I've loved you for so long. I texted my mom. I was like, Harvey is in the room right now. And I just freaked out and she's like if you don't go say hi to her you will regret it I was like oh my god but I can't I really couldn't and so I just didn't and then Kelly showed up and we're walking through the halls and Parvati walked past us and she goes Kelly Lauren hi and I was like oh I've died and go to heaven I could die right (laughs) (laughs) 
like, we should take a picture. I was like, just kidding. Now I can die happy. And yeah. so we took this picture, met her husband. He's so nice. They are, she is just as cool in person as I assumed she would be from fangirling over her since I was, I don't even know, 13. Um, and it was, it was the highlight I'd say, say of my uh, survival career was taking a picture with Parvati and Kelly. And that is, that is fangirl to times a hundred, I would say. Oh my God. Lauren, if you had a diary, would you write about that moment? <laughs> I would absolutely write about that moment. That's why I'm saying it on this podcast. So it's saved forever. Yeah, this is an audio diary, in which case, Liana, we've had some very weird entries in our logs here. Oh, no. I'd rather not revisit those. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, well, let's start getting into uh, the games here. We usually do our preseason thoughts segment where Liana and I wrote, wrote down how we thought each person would do before the season, read out to see how wrong we were. Of course, since Tyson has already been voted out, we already read our thoughts there. Uh, to, long story short, he was my winner pick didn't work out liana how many fire tokens did tyson amass according to you over the course of the season oh my gosh i don't even want to know <laughs> way too many although i will say jeff probe saying okay now you get two fire tokens we are slowly inching there to the hundreds of fire tokens that i thought people were going to get on this season so yeah, just to, yeah lauren just to let you know liana we wrote down how many fire tokens we thought each person would leave the game with and uh oh. liana doled them out by the hundreds i think sandra what? might have the most at like 1700 fire tokens <laughs> oh my god okay okay i will try to defend myself even though i understand it's a losing battle i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> that's my only defense like, I don't know what that's I your defense <laughs> yeah i in retro you're pleading sense, insanity I, like i genuinely don't even know i was like okay I, I don't know how many like people are gonna get i'll just kind of based on how long i think people are gonna be in the game but my even my lowest amounts were like i don't know 60 <laughs> i thought they were gonna hilarious. get us in like okay look money comes in not just single dollar bills okay we have ten dollar bills and twenty dollar bills i thought maybe totally. we would get like 20 fire token coins right? i think that's, i think that's a fair yeah i think that's a fair argument there sure. see okay dear diary today we're justified my terrible decision making <laughs> Uh, I'm not the one to judge on terrible decision making. Don't you worry. <laughs> Trying to remember how we thought Lauren would do. Now that we actually like have oh, a survivor to on one these days, but we'll look it up later. Um, so let's let's get into some of our stuff here. And look, uh, you know, with the family members that came out, came a big pop of color emotionally to the season. So we thought it'd be a good time to reinvestigate, relitigate this season and pull out a and b game that we've done, I think, every season since we started doing this. We are doing our Survivor Fashion Review, also known as Buff or Snuff. Here's how it works. Uh, we are going to review some of the more uh, highlighted clothing items from these castaways over the course of the season. And uh, if you like it, you'll give it a thumbs up, a.k.a. a buff. If you don't like it, you'll give it a thumbs down aka a snuff and since we do have you know a, an alum here as well i mean it's your rubric you can do it in terms of fashionability you can do it in terms of you know uh whether or not it's actually useful there out there on the island i will ask you lauren looking at your overall <laughs> wardrobe from the season from an outside perspective would you buffer snuff your season 38 wear god it was so cute but it was so cold i had like zero clothing zero i was freezing i was in that crop top with those those um joggers that had a hole up the side of them after the first day 
It was a disaster, absolute disaster. It was like a common theme on the island that I was just, the joke was, let's put Lauren in about zero clothing and see how she fares. So if we're going, you know, like, oh, I was cute. I I give it a buff, but I mean, having lived through it, I'd give it a snuff for sure. (laughs) From a practicality perspective. perspective, I was struggling at night. Yeah, it works better as like a Halloween costume than like a day-to-day wear. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, you know, sleeping in the mud and, and getting rained on at Lesu and then having pants with huge holes in them was a struggle, I will say. Especially when you're trying to find idols, I'm assuming. Not a lot of area to hide things. <laughs> none. Absolutely none. I got, I yeah, I I watched the episode back when, um, gosh, who found it? It must have been Sophie when she found her idol. And I was thinking I wouldn't have had anywhere to put mine. I wouldn't have had anywhere to put mine if someone was around me. So thank God they weren't. Yeah, yeah, really. But again, from a practicality perspective. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. And we are back. So let's keep on keeping on. Well, let's start with the person who actually got the boot here. I want to start with Tyson because from the beginning, this is really stuck out to me. And if people want to follow along with us, you can go to bit.ly slash buff or snuff 40 buff or snuff four zero. Let's start with Tyson. From the beginning, Tyson has been wearing like a denim button down blue shirt that, to be quite honest, makes him look like a Maytag repairman, in my opinion. Liana, do you do you buff or snuff Tyson's shirt here? Isn't he wearing like jeans also? Like he's got the full Canadian tuxedo going on. Oh my god. They're red jeans. Oh, they're red. Uh, They're jeans though, yeah. I think they're they're red. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I mean, obviously, from a practical perspective, it's very (laughs) tough. And you know, it's denim, right? So that's gonna be pretty durable out there. I like it. I think I would buff this overall. It's a very Tyson thing to do, also, I will say. What do you think, Lauren? Oh, it's so Tyson, but I'm just thinking about like the one time it rains and then the denim sweatshirt or jacket or whatever shirt he's got on is just soaking wet because denim does not dry. And so now he doesn't have a shirt on and he's freezing. And I don't know if he cares, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with snuff just because I'm having, you know, PTSD from when it poured rain and <laughs> Kelly had those denim shorts and couldn't put them back on. Yeah, since the days of Rupert Bonham swinging, swimming in the ocean, denim is just like never a good idea uh, unless but i mean he he looks great so i I don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna go stuff though i'm gonna go i'm gonna stay with my gut this just feels like this feels more like arizona tyson like i feel like this is the tyson that we see now as opposed to like the utah tyson that we saw all the way back i'm also intrigued because it looks like on our right his left there is a red and white square that every time i took a glance at it on tv i thought was like a name tag or like a place to write your name. And if that's the case, I'm going to have to buff it because that's a really fun idea. Uh, maybe maybe it's like if you want to give the shirt to somebody, you write their name on it so that like everyone knows who has the shirt. Uh, I think the shirt's super cool. Super cool. I'm just, you know, worried about the practicality of it. I think it adds to the Maytag repairman vibes, the little like patches, <laughs> Mike. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think that also maybe if he felt like he was in trouble, there's a non-zero chance that Tyson could claim he was just like one of the crew members, right? Of, like, <laughs> I'm just a seat filler for Tyson. I just fixed the lights. Like I'm a gaffer. Don't vote for me. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I'm just a seat filler. <laughs> yeah, you like blend in with the crew. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, all right, guys, you head out from Tribal Council. I'm going to stay here and and uh, wrap with the rest of the crew here, wrap up Tribal Council. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. Well, let's move on here to Kim Spradlin. Kim is wearing one of the more uh, eye-catching pieces out there, this really nice peach and yellow pattern shirt that actually really matches the buff that she's wearing in this picture. Liana, as our resident Kim Spradlin fan, are you Kim Sadlin or Kim Gladlin about this? <laughs> Kim Gladlin, of course. Uh, I love that she unintentionally matched the buff somehow. Like I, the yellow and the black just go together. I think this is super cute. It looks like the buttons are different, but that could just be the lighting. I think it's really adorable. And she, it's got a pocket for all your idle storage needs because that won't be <laughs> obvious right up there. <laughs> All right, what do you think, Lauren? Buff or snuff Kim's look here? Definitely buff. That shirt looks super comfy. It's very versatile. And I think it's super cute. Like, it's it's islandy, but not in, like, an in-your-face, I'm on Survivor type of way. <laughs> not like a pineapple shirt kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it was pineapple underwear, wasn't it? Uh, I don't even remember. I don't even remember Because I know that, now that I've, I've been out on set, I know that sometimes you know, uh, tribes will nickname people on the other tribes. Did you guys like nickname Gavin Pineapple in those first few days before you switch things up? Gosh, I don't even I don't think so. I I think we might have like referred to him as the country boy because we had heard his accent. Mm. Um, and I feel like we knew his name and I don't know why. Um, just because just because maybe Jeff had called on him or something and you try to keep people's names. Um, and I'm sure War Dog remembered it because he doesn't forget anything. Um, but I don't know. The pineapple underwear was a statement, though. It was a statement. <laughs> I will also say on the flip side, I'm sure that all of Kama remembered the name War Dog just right off the bat. The very first time that name escaped Jeff's lips are like, oh, yeah, there's War Dog. And then there's like eight other people. No, for sure. For sure. I think they said that they actually called him like Warthog for a while because they didn't know <laughs> that he said War Dog, which I thought <laughs> they said Warthog. Yeah, I think so. You'd have to ask one of them to be 100% sure. But I think that that's what someone said is that they called him Warthog for a while. I feel like we called him that, Mike, too. But maybe we did call him Warthog. If you did, that's but hilarious. It's, but it's one of those things of like, I could just remember like, or I could just imagine people being like, why would he call himself Warthog? And then when they find out Wardog, like, well, actually, Warthog would be a more, make more sense as a nickname than Wardog. At least that's a sure. full animal's name. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I, I give it a buff as well. I think Kim rocked it. I can't remember. Does she, I think she's still, I don't, she in the past owned a boutique as well. So I would not be surprised if this was like a Kim Spradlin original either. Ooh, like she could do some. She's actually just here to promote her own business. <laughs> so I think The Bachelor. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's one of those. I'm just here. I'm just here because I have this amazing shirt, guys. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yeah, like the promotions like, ooh, I'm I for a luxury item. I brought my flat tummy tea so that I'll have oh six pack abs by the end of the season. <laughs> it's sugar care bear hair gummies or whatever those things are called. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's actually very few practical sponsorships. You could bring that out there on the island. <laughs> uh, so let's move on here. We're going to move to the hats, the noticeable hats section of Buff or Snuff. Because I want to talk about, this is a hat that Sarah has sort of popped out on a couple of occasions. I know someone tweeted this to me of like, when did Sarah get a cowboy hat? <laughs> Lauren, I know that hats can be a hot commodity out there on the island. Are you buffing or snuffing Sarah's like 
occasional cowboy hat. That oh she my wears. gosh, buff all the way. I wanted a hat out there. I would have died for a hat out there. First of all, fixes any ha- bad hair day you have, which is every day. And also it like blocks the sun. It's very, very versatile. And I think she looks cute in a cowboy hat. So go her. Wait, I have a question, Lauren. Who, yeah. how, like, how do you decide who gets hat? I mean, production obviously makes the decision, mm-hmm. but like, do you have to have the right hat? Like if you came I in with a, you know, a cowboy hat like this? I didn't really get to choose, if we're being honest, what uh-huh. I was wearing. Um, so I don't know the people that are, that are lucky that get hats. I mean, who was it? Victoria had a beanie, but I think that's just because she was from New York and they wanted her to look all edgy and stuff, you know? <laughs> could that have been a big hint if you're like she's looking edgy edge of extinction something's <laughs> going on here should have been i should have known better shouldn't i <laughs> um but i don't i honestly don't know like i think it's just all about the vibe they're trying to go from and i i know like in past it's obviously all these players have played before and so i think they try to keep it pretty in tune with what you wore the first time like kelly when she showed up at edge she was wearing those jean shorts and the um the oh god what is it like a plaid a flannel like a blue flannel Mm -hmm. because she was the farmer's girl on her first season and so they try to keep that uh pretty pretty uniform um so i guess whoever had if she had had her first season she gets it again but also i bet these winners got whatever they wanted which was probably nice that's possible because i'm trying to think what would be the hat that would have gone with your vibe right like do you think a big floppy hat would have gone Oh, that would have been, I wanted a baseball hat. Like, like I wanted like the Stephanie LaGrosa look, like with the cool mm. baseball oh. hat. I wanted, I wanted like a uh, sports bra and spandex, but that was. Uh, I mean, not- you were on your way to the <laughs> Stephanie LaGrosa art considering how much your tribe was losing in the beginning. God, we sucked so bad. Aww. We were so bad. <laughs> So, yeah, and so uh, I I am intrigued by one particular thing on this hat, which is that the sides are contained. Whereas, you know, Ben's hat seems particularly like out there in terms of the brim of it all. It seems like she has had the ability to like wrap a rubber band around it, which I find very interesting, but also doesn't make it look like a cowboy hat until like you turn to the side and you actually see what it looks like. Otherwise, it kind of looks like, I don't know, she kind of looks like the Pope. Did she totally did she steal it from someone or was it hers Mm. at the beginning? I'm so confused. (laughs) She voted someone out to get the hat. That's probably what happened. I respect that yeah yeah the folding up on the sides is weird like why do you, is, it, is it because she can better keep an eye on the people around her uh, i guess i guess it, it would block out your peripherals i guess if you had the sides down right exactly um i guess it still shields you from the light because the front still kind of comes down a bit but yeah i think any hat you kind of have to buff right like it's practical sure. it the hair day thing like classic love it oh, and hat out there and it's two in one with the rubber band, wherever the hell she found the rubber band. So oh, I know. Go her. All right. Uh, well, let's move on here to our, our edge of extinction people. Those are people that were currently in the game. Let's talk of some of our dearly departed winners. So I feel like when Yule swapped tribes, he sort of this random item started appearing in his wardrobe, this like orange red pullover that he's pulled out from time to time. I think it's to your point, Lauren, that I do think they were allowed more like secondary wardrobe options than in an, a newbie season. Uh, maybe that was in their writer or something. But Liana, what do you think about Yule's sort of like casual fall look here? Hmm. I I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, this picture in particular, it looks like it's ill-fitting. 
in the chesticle region Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it's like saggy in a particular way. (laughs) It might not be super flattering, but I mean, Yule looks good in anything. So it's really hard to critique like the garment by itself, you know? Mm. Lauren, what do you think about Reddit's favorite? Uh, Is this a good look for him? Uh, I love that sweater. I am dreaming about that sweater on cold nights for sure. It it looks so warm. It looks so warm. It looks good on him. Don't like the color, but who cares? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, props to him for getting another piece of clothing out there. I think it looks good. Definitely buff. Yeah, it's interesting because I also wonder, like, it was very clear that they didn't want to know who else was playing. So I wonder if there's more, like, you know, if you're on the blue tribe, you might have some red stuff. Or if you're on the red tribe, you might be wearing some blue stuff just to, like, confuse people. Otherwise, they sort of look at who is wearing what. Absolutely. And say, oh, yeah, I guess I'm on your tribe. I guess I'm on your tribe. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I, it. It's weird to me. This isn't showing in this picture, but it doesn't have a collar on it, which I'm never sure how to feel about uh, when you have, like, pullovers that don't have collars on them. I feel like you're, like. <laughs> A necessary part of of a, of a shirt, unless you're wearing. Wait, like, it doesn't a have version. a collar. Is that a collar? I don't think so. Well, it's kind of he's just a fashion forward lad. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna like tap that on my uh, on my gravestone now. That Lauren <laughs> called me a fashion forward lad. Because if you ever oh met me God. in real life, Lauren, I'd be the exact opposite. So I'm just gonna take that to when I expire. Thank you. You are welcome. You are welcome. I I'm, I've lived to serve. <laughs> are hoods a good thing to have like if you had a, like a hoodie oh, i would have loved a hoodie okay. yeah i would have loved a hoodie I, mm-hmm. I, I am again i am the wrong person to ask i would have loved any ounce of clothing <laughs> there was a part of me and i say this and i'm probably gonna get like ripped about it by a bunch of people that think i actually didn't want him to come back which i'm gonna say it again i absolutely wanted rick to come back from the edge of extinction but there was a part of me that didn't want him to only because he had left his sweater and it was a good sweater yeah, and a good i sweater. really wanted to keep it it was blue and it was very soft and it was a crew neck and i loved it and i was very cold and he gave it to me when he left and i wanted to keep it and so i was very excited for him to come back and you see me jump up in the episode full of excitement and then as i sit down it dawns on me that i have to give the sweater back and that broke my heart a little bit <laughs> no so. Yeah, it was it was a sad moment. Sad moment for sure. Did you have said that like the sweater got lost or something? I should have, but I mean, he already didn't want to work with me, so why add uh, why add flame to the fire? Is that what you say? Flame to the fire? But, I mean, you do add flame to a fire, so I guess you, that sort of does make sense. You add Yule to the fire and his pullover. You will log to the fire. I was like, you know, it's not flame, but we'll go with it. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, like it, there literally cannot be fire without a flame. So you're adding a you necessary component. Thank you guys for being on my side of idiocy right now. That was good. That was good. Listen, I idi- idiocy is our name here on the BNB. So you are <laughs> among friends here. Let's let's move on here. Uh, I want to talk about Danny Boatwright has a very interesting look. So we talked about this a few weeks back. She has the customized Kansas City Chiefs jersey, uh, number two, bedazzled with the name Danny Girl in front. But she's also pairing it with, speaking of hoodies, uh, a nice blue hoodie. Liana, what are you thinking about Danny's look here? Do you give it the same face that she is giving this picture right now? It's like so ugly that it's good, right? Is that is that the line that we're crossing here? The fact that it's embroidered with Danny's girl, I just feel like this is a parody somehow. Like maybe this is something that would be worn on SNL. And the fact that it's bedazzled too just really ups it to the next level. Like I don't know what you would add to make this. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, I think, you know what I think you add? 
cowboy hat with the sides taped up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But the hoodie is a good shout. I like that. And again, you know, she's got a lot of clothing here and she's very skinny. So I'm sure she's exceptionally cold out there. Yeah. Lauren, what do you think about uh, Danny's one two punch here? So when I was in, I guess, seventh and eighth grade, I had PE uniforms and everybody wore the same PE uniforms. They were red. They said, you know, St. John's Lutheran School on them in black lettering. And so for my birthday one year, my mom had me and my six friends over and we bedazzled them. Every single part of the St. John's Lutheran lettering was full bedazzled. And that's what I think of when I see this shirt. And I think it's the most extra thing. And I think it's awesome. Like it says her name on it. It has, it's, but she took the time to bedazzle it, or I'm sure she had somebody else bedazzle it. It is awesome. Like total buff all the way. I, I do to Liana's point. I feel like the combination with the hoodie reminds me of like, I don't know. It reminds me of like the, the football episode of friends or like yeah. if you play a pickup game with, with some of your buddies of like, all right, I guess I'll just throw on a couple of fall like <laughs> items. Maybe take sure. Will's pullover and put it over my Jersey. Yes, for sure. I also I just like have to for a moment jump in and say I also had PE uniforms I we didn't bedazzle them but we did the thing where we would cut the strips like of fabric and like make it like ruffly and stuff braid them because you had yeah wait this is like a thing well you cut the strips you like you cut cut up okay I don't even know how to describe it but it's like it seems like 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 for the um the sleeves, for example, or for the bottom, you would cut in and it would create a fringe effect, essentially. Um, high fashion gals, that's for sure. Yeah. Middle school <laughs> with our I, PE uniforms. <laughs> did you get like any any like did anyone yell at you about it? Or was it more so like, hey, there's your are your PE uniforms, do whatever the hell you want with them? Well, I don't oh, think- I got in a lot of trouble for bedazzling mine. A lot oh, of trouble. Really? Yeah, yeah like but it. it was, you know, I was a rebel. I was a rebel in seventh and eighth grade. I was like, I will have rhinestones on my PE uniform Ooh. and you will say nothing about it. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what you should have like walked into Survivor with was like, listen, I got to show that I'm edgy. So let me walk in with a bedazzled <laughs> PE shirt. Oh, yeah. No, that's like, that's <laughs> that would have cool. helped my rep much. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Uh, let's talk about Ethan Zahn. And we have another hat here. So I'm assuming it's going to be a uh, universal buff. But the reason I want to talk about it is, A, it looks like there's a feather sticking out, and B, he definitely looks like John Hammond from Jurassic Park with this hat on. Uh, yes. And is that a feather I spy? Yeah, I thought I saw a little feather poking out from the brim. This is a high-quality hat. This is a great hat. Uh, I definitely buff this. And with the little leather strip, I think really just makes it. Although Ethan is just so handsome and amazing. <laughs> it could just be the Ethan effect, but I'm digging the hat for sure. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren, do you think if Sarah was on the tribe with Ethan, she'd steal that leather band to use for her own hat? <laughs> Probably. Probably would just to make it even cooler. Yeah, I, I think this is like, I think I would say even like top five hat. Uh, in terms of just like pure fashion sense. And it begs the question, as Liana mentioned, how the hell, why would he bring this type of hat onto Survivor? Considering it is going to get wet and dirty. Like that thing is not Lauren Rimmer's hat. That thing is going to get very unwhite very quickly. Honestly, I do not care anything Ethan wears. I will buff all the way. <laughs> exactly. What I love him. What is it made out of? It looks I like don't... leather, doesn't it? it like does. some sort of like, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's not leather. 
but it kind of looks like a, I don't know, like a mix between suede and leather, like a hot, I don't know. I'm in on Leather Daddy, Ethan. Leather Daddy. <laughs> where did leather you get Daddy, Ethan? Yes, that's, I know where this picture should go. And it's very high quality, Mike. I don't know where you found this, but. Oh, this from, these, these are all the CBS photos. Oh, this might be my new background. Yeah, <laughs> Ethan is so handsome. I love him. I'm just saying. Oh, I love that. Just Puya is just like moving around the apartment. Like, why is the background of your phone, Ethan, in a hat? Oh my god! He keeps setting my background to like random stuff. He said he set our my background on my computer to Dave Jorgensen, our guest from like a couple weeks ago, for some unknown reason. I was like, "Can you not right now?" <laughs> was he was he wearing anything or doing anything? It's his Twitter photo where he's got Thor's hammer or whatever. It's like, bro, what is your deal? It's fine. All right. Well, Everything's I think we gave fine. a new idea to Puya uh, for for a new background. So I want to move on to this interesting item. This was pointed out on Reddit. And I don't know if you guys have been noticing this. So Parvati has like a little bit of a shawl going on, but it has seen so many uses over the season. Uh, one picture shows three different uses, which is Parvati using it as a shawl, Ethan using it as a scarf, <laughs> Natalie using it as a blanket. And if you look at the next photo, Parvati is also using it as some sort of headdress. I think, or she's just letting it drape over her head. I mean, Lauren, do you buff or snuff it just based on the fact that it's a fabric that can be used in apparently 17 different ways on the island? God, the versatility. I am thinking like this thing could be used as a pillow at night. You stuff that in mm. your bag and you're all of a sudden you have a pillow. It's a blanket. It's a scarf. It's on Ethan. I don't care. It is a buff <laughs> from me. Yeah, this is a buff for me, too. I love that it's the sisterhood of the traveling scarf or shawl or whatever realness. Uh, it's it's just fantastic. And that second picture of Parv with the sweater looking thing, too. She just looks, oh, my gosh, amazing. And there's little camels on it. How cute. I buff this for sure. Are, are those camels? I was trying to. Yeah, I guess they are yeah. camels leading each other. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, so I guess where do the camels but... fall between the hyenas and the lions? Like, where are they on the animal spectrum? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. No, the camels are above it. They're like, nah, we don't have time for this. <laughs> I'm like a camel. I can serve water. And you know, I can live, I can live on Survivor for miles. I can live in the desert. I can do anything. I'm a camel. <laughs> Is that like talking camel? Is that like talking llama? Are they similar? <laughs> I think they're in the same animal family. I'm assuming they both have. I was going to say they both have four legs, but I feel like that's a big family of animals. <laughs> oh, wow, Mike. Similarities. They're endless. Yeah. You can basically classify animals in two categories. You got your two legs and your four legs. <laughs> uh, and those are the two. Those are two animals. Yeah, you're uh, a regular zoologist. That's me. That's uh, I so watched funny. a lot of that. Uh, what was that show? There was that show on Animal Planet hosted by J.D. Roth that would give you like zookeeper for a day. I can't remember the name of it now. <laughs> But it was I used to watch that show all the time. And apparently I learned nothing about animals. <laughs> Except for how many like how to count how many legs they have. That's the one skill I need. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this a buff as well. I'm going to give extra credit to Ethan's use of it because I don't know why he felt the need to have a scarf, especially in tribal council, which does it seem pretty freezing warm. At, no, it is freezing at tribal council. Really? It's so cold. I used to be so cold at tribal council and then it would rain and if you were far away from the fire it was even worse oh man yeah no tribal council is it's rough Oof. oh my gosh well then it makes even more sense and it's so big i love that yeah and I, and it's, I towards, like it's kind of towards the end of the season yeah so i i'm trying to figure out when they filmed it would have been the same kind of 
time period as us. It's warm yeah. at the beginning. So you can see like, if you watch my season, I'm wearing like a blue dress at the very beginning. And then towards the end, I have every article of clothing I have on and I own in on in some sort of way because I am still so cold at Tribal. Oh, amazing. Well, I love that Ethan has a look here. Like he's got the sweater. He's got the scarf. He's got the he's like rolled up his pants to make them makeshift capris. He's got the DK Chillin-esque, like very casual sit. Like, I feel like I, I've seen this guy in many New York coffee shops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's ready to like just roast somebody at a book club type of deal. Like he is just <laughs> he is ready to drink his wine and talk about why the heck Jessica did not show up for the fourth day, time in a row. Like, how dare she, Jessica? Uh, exactly like he's like he's he's ready to sell you on his screenplay without you even even saying anything <laughs> oh for sure yeah talk about a fashion forward individual <laughs> Love I like you can make him into a meme of like hipster ethan you know like play played on survivor uh you know back when they weren't playing in fiji all the time <laughs> so funny uh final one i want to do and this is a bit of a an off the beaten path one but i feel like this is technically an accessory uh, they snapped a photo in the first episode of a, a lizard on Ben's hat. Uh, do we buffer snuff this as a nice little like fascinator accessory, Liana? Yeah, I was going to say, does it's the a lizard... Fake lizard, right? It's fake. No, I think it's a real lizard. Oh my god! Oh my god! He probably okay. found that. He didn't. He like catch that. Oh yeah, snake he, he also. Yeah, yeah the whole the... scene where he was playing with the snake. Oh my gosh, Ben. <laughs> Peta would be throwing red paint all over uh, him. See, Ben's great. He works with the four legs and the no legs animals. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Lauren is having a meltdown right now when I told her this was a real lizard. I thought it was fake. I want. I looked at these pictures before we did anything, and I thought it was just some fake like metal thing. And I was like, that's an odd placement for a metal like or what? You know, like yeah, some like sort of fascinator. Like yeah, the, like uh-huh. a, I don't even know a what's uh gosh what's the thing that like old ladies clip onto their dresses oh brooches. Uh, brooch brooch yeah i yeah. thought it was like some sort of brooch no, oh my brooch. god it's real <laughs> and it was just hanging out there oh gosh he, he probably put it there i guarantee you he put it there do you think it's yeah, alive I, I think so yeah i bet i he mean it'd be, it'd be a lot more depressing if it wasn't alive i or mean do you, yeah it, do you think it just randomly crawled up there and he just put his hat on Oh, maybe. But I feel I like, know. is it a test? Do you think he's trying to test people's observation skills by have them say like, hey, you have a lizard on your hat? Like, this is some sort of candid camera. What would you do type of trick? Uh, no. No. I'm going to love it for the moral dilemma aspect. No. no, no, no. I like the hat. Again, a hat. So that's practical. The lizard seems less practical as an accessory. <laughs> so I don't quite know why that's there. But well, maybe that maybe that's why Sarah like taped up the sides of her hat is because she knew that lizards could fall onto it at any second and she wanted to be in the know. That's a fair statement. Well, yeah, falling lizards is quite the uh, the epidemic that they have on Survivor right here. So I don't know. Lauren, did you experience any falling lizards in your season? <laughs> No, none that were falling on me, but there was one night that I vividly remember that. So the way, like you, the way that I would sleep is I would tuck my pants into my socks. I would tuck my into my pants. I would then wrap my sweater around my neck, and then I would use my buff over my mouth so like spiders and stuff wouldn't get in my mouth. But that leaves obviously my my head exposed. And so there was there was a night where a lizard crawled into my hair, and I felt it climb down onto my nose, and I like <gasps> swatted it off, and it. It, it was, I was not super happy, 
but also it was the middle of the night and I was like I'm asleep and I was just pissed that it woke me up because Uh, you don't really sleep out there yeah oh my gosh that's I mean okay this is gonna sound really stupid because obviously I know y'all are outside there's like bugs and animals and stuff but then when I hear these stories I'm like oh my god (laughs) like no I mean it's not people ask me all the time like were there so many bugs and I honestly do not know like that's my answer I don't know if if there were I blocked it out if Mm, there if there weren't I would be surprised you know like I just I think it was the least of my worries so I was like oh whatever oh another lizard in my mouth that's fun no big deal another another day another lizard maybe maybe that was this maybe that was this lizard maybe this lizard has now become the biggest survivor fan in Fiji and is now like let me hop on every survivor contestant that comes here the traveling lizard he's just trying to get his air time my gosh such a (laughs) yeah he's trying to be the new Mark the Chicken (laughs) totally Fred the lizard let's make it a thing oh my god well, I, I want to commend all Survivor contestants on what they've been able to bring out. As as Lauren said, you know, it could be tough times out there, but damn it, they've still been able to look so beautiful through so all beautiful. the misery. So, so thank you all for all that you bring, including Fred the Lizard, the newest <laughs> MVP animal member of the Survivor family. <laughs> so get on, Get on with yourself, Fred. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, before we move on to our next um, activity, I found my prediction for Lauren and how Lauren would do in the game. And I want to read it because I am. Well, happy. I'll, do, I'll do the, I'll do the same thing. Okay. I'm happy about it. So I had, so Lauren, just as an FYI, we like place people in pre-jury, like post-jury and then finalists. Or is this like before the or after you, is this before, this is before after you've listened to my press? So this is, oh, this no, is after, after this, yeah, after I've listened to your interviews with yeah. Josh and Dalton and Gordon, but before the season started. Yes. Oh god. Exactly. Okay. That was I'm just gonna say that was a rough like two weeks for me. After my press pan watching back being like, oh my god, if I say I was a division one athlete one more time, somebody just hit me over with a pan. <laughs> if I like someone just tranquilize me in these videos it was just (laughs) we i was like i deserve all the crap i'm getting online so go ahead read read me your prediction cannot wait well i felt really good about you so i thought that you were going to be a losing finalist so you were going to make it to the final three but you were going to lose but my prediction was that you played a really solid game but you were perceived as being in kelly wentworth's shadow and so people didn't respect you because they felt like you rode Wentworth's coattails but you did get a few votes to win and you were a pretty good sport about it because you love people Jesus and red vines so that's what I wrote wow down. that was that was pretty spot on minus the whole being a finalist thing thanks yeah, that's why yeah. I'm happy uh, to read it yeah, so <laughs> I had you I will say so I had you making the jury which okay. is good news <laughs> God, okay. I said I did say you'd become the narrator of the season uh, I said that Though you were a part of War Dogs Majority Alliance on Manu, you would work closely with Kelly behind the scenes. I said you would prove your athletic prowess when you tear through someone during a physical challenge. Uh, and you would get voted out soon after the merge for being considered a challenge threat and the glue of your alliance, then lose at the challenge at the edge of extinction. Okay. That's a compliment. That pretty nice. Those are pretty nice. Are you leaving out the mean stuff? Yeah, we chopped out the fact that you... No. <laughs> it's okay i get it i get it i remember watching back those those pre um the preseason press and being like oh my god i am so annoying i am so annoying it was it was rough but that's okay you know you live and you learn 
Well, yeah. Listen, for what it's worth, you made an impression enough for, for Liana and I to get you at least past the merge cumulatively. <laughs> so, yeah. Which, not- honestly, my tribe being as bad as we were was a success in itself. <laughs> yeah that's true okay well um speaking of successes here's what i would like for if if we could somehow devise a way to successfully get kids involved in the family visits because i was living for all of the babies and all of the kids i don't know how we can you know obviously not every survivor contestant is going to have kids but i just really want more children on survivor maybe it's because i want like a kid's version of survivor which i think would be very entertaining do you remember the the TV show Endurance? Oh yeah. No. And you know what? Endurance. Who you know who Endurance I, was hosted by? He was hosted uh, by JD Roth, the same guy that hosted that Animal Planet show that I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Lauren, tell yes, me. I love that show. Okay, so it was kind of like Survivor, which is kind of why I liked it. But it was like teenagers, right? And you get paired. And please correct me if I'm wrong, because this is a long time ago. But you get paired up with a, a girl and a guy. And you're like a color or something. Mm-hmm. And they split you up into these houses or whatever. And you sleep on these tent like cots. So you have, a, you have shelter, you have cots. And I'm pretty sure you have food as well, but very limited amounts of it. And then you compete in these challenges. And then obviously if you win, you don't go home. And I'm not really sure how it works, but if you lose, you get sent up to what I guess we would equate to tribal council. But the way that you finally go home is you almost oh, yeah. played in like a rock paper scissors type yes, of yes, yes. deal right Where it was, and you it like was fire of- water and wood and it was like yes. you know fire burns water or fire burns yes. wood water puts out the fire and wood floats on water floats on which is water. like right which totally. is the, the weirdest have- logic so weird so weird but okay and so there were two two teams so four people technically up there at this tribal council and you picked a certain triangle that was in front of you that was covering up one of those three, I guess, um, elements, let's say. And then the other pair picked theirs and then you just revealed it. And it was literally like a rock, paper, scissors. Like it was a total like luck thing. And then if you won two out of three, you got to go back and um, live another day. And it was so fun to watch. And I yes. wanted to apply. I think you had to be 14. So it must have stopped airing before I was 14 because I was going to apply and then they didn't have it the next year oh yeah. my gosh it ran, yeah, it it ran was... for uh, yeah it ran for a bunch of seasons uh if you remember john a who made an appearance on the challenge a few times she was originally from endurance i also remember that they had challenges for like uh to stay away from the temple but they also had temple, challenges yeah. that would give you something called the samadhi which okay. was something that you could give to another team to like give them a disadvantage in the next challenge. You totally. Yeah. There they were all these random different elements to it, but like the gist of it was that it was kind of like survivor minus, you know, starving and sleeping in the mud and not having a shelter and so on and so forth. But awesome show. Absolutely this awesome. Is all I need. Okay, Mike, official petition to change the BNB to an endurance rewatch podcast. <laughs> there I mean, are listen, six I don't, seasons. I don't know. How, I, I don't know how much longer we're going to have Survivor for you know for the foreseeable future. So I'm fine with it. I also want to check out season one because apparently uh, one of its alumni, Skylar Russell, was featured on A and E's Intervention, in which he was battling an addition to bath salts. So wow. where are they now? That's fun. where are they now? <laughs> What a memoir he would write. Uh, the rise and fall of Skylar Russell. Like, what? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're like 13, 14, 15. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is exactly what I needed in my life. Okay. 
Done. Done deal. That's your, that's your question. We never, we never actually answered the answer. these discussion no. questions on the podcast, but we have literally <laughs> answered your question this time. Yeah, this is literally the answer to my question. Like between this and Kid Nation, like I'm set. I have everything <laughs> I need. Uh, I also remember there was a show right before it called Moolah Beach. I don't remember if you remember this one, Lauren. This was like a bit in like the <laughs> early 2000s where it was very similar. There were teams of two, but the challenges, the more challenges you won, like the more tiki's you got, and they would put all the tiki's into a giant tiki. And if your color got drawn, you were safe. So essentially, the better you did, the better chance you had of staying. And the whoever like didn't have their color picked was eliminated. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah, I've never seen that, but that's something I would watch. Yeah, it also says, like, according to the Wikipedia page, that it is in the vein of Survivor. So it feels very endurance survivory then. Okay. Okay. Also, I, I, I figured out that that show I was thinking of is Zoo Venture was the also, show also hosted oh, by J.D. Roth. <laughs> oh, okay, good, because we were all really wondering. <laughs> hey, if you won, you got to be Zookeeper for a day. <laughs> is that the show that you wanted to go on as a child? A little bit, yeah. You got to climb up slippery waterfalls. And actually, fun <laughs> fact, I discovered this when I was out on set. Guess who worked on that show before moving over to Survivor? John Kierhofer. Oh, no way. Yeah, I got to interview him, and that's the first thing he said in terms of his career origin. So it's all full circle. <laughs> it's all full circle. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. And then, okay, I'm reading up J.D. Roth, who worked on Beauty and the Geek, which is obviously an amazing TV show. So, okay. All and right. He was also considered for the role of Wesley Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation. So this guy is just a hoot. <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, uh, well, let's get into our next activity. Uh, I'm not going to call it a game because it truly is an activity. We are going to play Shambo, which is our version of the game MASH. So MASH stands for yeah. Mansion, Apartment, <laughs> Shack, and House. Lauren's having a flashback to seventh grade, bedazzling PE uniforms and playing Seriously, MASH right now. I'm playing MASH. Oh, I yeah. feel like, wow, gosh, I should find my old MASH and see if it holds up. So, well, obviously... <laughs> Like you, pl you played Survivor, Lauren. So you can compare what we predict here <laughs> to I'm what so you excited. did on Survivor. Um, so yeah, so uh, this is the game where we're gonna predict um, what happens if you were to play Survivor. So Shambo, I finally decided what it stands for: Shelter, Hidden Immunity, Idol, Allies, Medallion of Power, Buff, and Outlast. Oh, so, I like that. Nailed I it. Like that. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if you can fit that all around a Survivor logo. No. <laughs> if you write it really, really, really small. Thank you. <laughs> and I would bedazzle it. So Exactly. Obviously. The... Yes. And then Jeff would make a puzzle out of it that I couldn't solve. <laughs> <laughs> These are seven very simple words. Oh, Lord. <laughs> seven very simple words that you hear every single day. <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be so I'm um, the worst at puzzles. <laughs> Maybe if you had more clothes, then you wouldn't be like thinking about how cold you are the entire time. More clothes, more food, more brain. If you really marketed, if you you know? marketed yourself as an edgy puzzle solver, <laughs> I think they'd give you more clothes by default. <laughs> so true. I truly did market myself wrong when I did my audition video. What was I thinking? <laughs> you would have gotten a beanie. Just think of think of the possibility. Oh, I would have gotten a beanie. I would have gotten yeah, like, a suit. And I'm stuck in a crop top. Like, oh, I like that idea. I like the, I like the a, a three piece suit in a beanie. Keep your brain warm for solving those puzzles. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, honestly, if we're being on, if we're being honest, I probably would still come in last in a puzzle. But hey, you know, we all know our strengths. We all know our weaknesses. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. 
Okay. Well, Mike, we are going to kick things off with predicting how you would do in Survivor. So what we're going to do is I have four different categories. Well, five different categories, I guess, which I will reveal when we reveal your predictions. So I want to bias you and your answers. Okay. So I'm going to ask for four numbers. Let's go with seven. Okay. Let's go with 23. Let's go with 50. And of course, the B&B favorite of 69. Okay, of course. I'm also going to need four nouns. Oh, uh, screensaver. Uh-huh. Uh, tail. Okay. Fan. Mm-hmm. And shoelace. Okay, shoelace. I'm going to need four animals. Oh, boy. How many legs? Uh, well, I will accept Warthog as an answer. I will not accept War Dog as an answer. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Thank you for the distinction. We're going to start welcome. with Warthog. Of course. <laughs> okay. Let's go with uh, Fred the Lizard, specifically. Of course. Let's go with Pelican. Hmm. And Dodo. Dodo. All right, four contestants from this season. It can be people on the EOE as well. Anyone you want. Okay, let's go with Adam Klein. Let's go with Sarah. Uh-huh. I'll say Tony. And I will I will say Sandra in absentia. Sandra. And the last thing I'm gonna need four survivor related items. How whatever that means to you. <laughs> Okay, let's go with uh, Greg's coconut phone from Survivor Borneo. Let's go with, in lieu of Tyson's shirt, Rupert's wet jeans from Survivor Pearl Islands. Okay. Uh, let's go with, uh, I'm saying on Survivor Borneo, let's go with the gong that they had them ring for some reason in Survivor Borneo. Of course. Uh, and let's go with one of the matured idols from Survivor Ghost Island. Okay, matured idols. All right, Mike, we are ready to do the prediction. So I'm going to draw that little spiral (laughs) because I'm very scientific. And you are going to, I'm going to say go when I start drawing and you're going to tell me when to stop. Okay. Sounds good. All right, started. Stop. Okay. One, two, three, four. All right. I am now going to work (laughs) my middle school, elementary school magic. And we are going to find out what your, uh, how you would have done on Survivor. All right. So while while you're doing that, uh, I'll I'll talk to Lauren about something because uh, this, so this tribal council we talked about had, had a lot of factors going into it, including these advantages, but it started out and last episode had this as well with just a lot of, whispering and commotion obviously you know we're like a year removed from one that you were a part of the big julia pilots versus passengers tribal council Mm -hmm. which is you know one of the more chaotic ones in tribal history do you look at those a little differently or or do you have like uh do you sort of look at them as like okay that's all theater or do you think that they're just as chaotic this season with all that as you were back then i don't think whispering at tribal is when it's that um when it's when it includes that many people, I don't think that's theater. I think that truly is people scrambling. Um, and I think that I, I would say 99% of tribal is theater. I can count on one hand the amount of times I actually said the truth during tribal. Um, but, but when that happens, I think people 
don't know what's happening. And they're scared that the plan that they thought was happening and what people are saying don't add up, you know, because a lot of times you go in with a plan, right? And let's say that, I don't know, let's just use an example. Kelly and I go into a tribal thinking that we're going to vote out war dog, right? And then we have two other people on our side. Let's just say Gavin and Julie. And Gavin starts saying things like, oh, yeah, I mean, we're going to vote out war dog. We're going to vote out war dog. You're going to be very taken aback because there's no way that what he's saying is lining up with what you thought was going to happen because no one's going to sit sit at tribal and tell you what they're going to do, right? And so when that would happen, we'd start whispering, making sure everything's okay, and then it would blow up into what we saw. Um, and so I think that I think they really don't know what's going on. I think that they're playing a very fast game with very good players that don't want to go home and that want to win and that want to win the two million dollars, and they're going to do anything they can to make sure that it's not done at the end of the day. And I know that people have very conflicting views on whether or not you should be able to whisper at tribal. I think people think, you know, um, I know my aunt sent me a really heated message <laughs> after the last um, after the last episode saying, you know, oh, once wow. Jeremy left and once, you know, Jeff said it's time to vote, they shouldn't be able to whisper. They shouldn't be able to whisper. And I get that. I totally know from a viewer's perspective, you don't know what they're saying. You don't know what's happening. But also, if I am playing and my name is on the chopping block and that last whisper after Jeff says it's time to vote means that I don't go home. I am all for it. And I also know that having played Jeff says to us, you know, this is your tribal. You can do whatever you want to do, do whatever you want to do. I am just Mm. here to facilitate it. And if you guys don't feel like you're ready to vote, then we won't vote. And he, he said that. And I think that that is something that, you know, viewers should also take into account. It's like, it's our, it's our game. And I say are having played, but it's their game. They can play however they want to play. There are very loose rules now, especially since the game has evolved right. so much. Um, and so I think that, you know, the whispering is just, is just, um, it's an illustration of how, how messy the game can be and how paranoid you can get, even when you have one, even when you are one of the best to ever play. Right. Well, I, I, okay, I have a question. Are you given specific rules about what you can and can't do at Tribal? Like, nobody says don't whisper, right? Right. I mean, um, no, I can't, I can't really remember having specific rules on what you can and can't do. There are specific times that you can and can't talk um, just mm. because they want the whole story on camera. Um, and the thing is, you are Mike. So I think if they wanted to show what everyone is saying, they could. Mm-hmm, right. um, I think they're choosing not to. And so I think that, you know, it's not that they don't know what's being said. They know what's being said all the time, everywhere. They know exactly the story they want to tell. And I think that um, they're just choosing to let the audience experience the chaos that Jeff is experiencing because Jeff doesn't know what's being said. You know, he doesn't even know who's getting voted out until he goes and looks at the votes. And so I think that it is kind of fun to look at it from this third party that doesn't know what's going on until what's said is done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because I always wondered about that because there's the talk of like, oh, you know, it was just sort of an, uh, it's like an unwritten rule that you don't get up. And now that that seal has been broken, now it's like, okay, what, you know, go for it. Like do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Yeah, I don't think there are many rules that would keep you from doing something. I'm I'm just trying to think. I mean, you're not allowed to talk directly to the jury. That is a rule. Okay. Um, and if I you, mean, it's, what Rick was doing was like any was basically towing the line. I would say sometimes with what he was doing. Uh, yeah, like during trouble. 
Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like with yeah, but like the playing the advantages and like definitely looking over to the jury with stuff. So like it's one of those things where like you don't can't talk to them, but you can certainly communicate with them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the, I mean, that's what the best players do. The best players manage the jury, and I think they're. I mean, I think there were definitely lines crossed sometimes, but also it was working. So it doesn't really it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You know, like Jeff would say sometimes, you know, okay, you can't do that, um, or be careful, or you know. But rarely he said that because, I mean, I think Rick is a great example. He was such a great character that the jury liked watching. And that is one argument I made about, you know, um, if I had sat at the end with Rick, who I absolutely believe would have beaten me. I don't think for one second I would have beaten him, but it would have, I would have, my argument would have been, you know, he is using these theatrics. He is trying to, um, to show you what he thinks he's doing, but this is what was actually happening, you know? And so I think there are levels of, of jury management that you have to take into account because at that point, you know, Rick, Rick was managing the jury amazingly. And, you know, I wasn't. Um, and so I think that your point is very valid. Mm, well, speaking of great characters, the jury liked Mike, are you ready to find out how oh, you wait on survivor? Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I hope I end up in Rupert's dirty jeans talking with Tony. <laughs> Okay, well, you ended up with 23 fire tokens and you use them to buy a tail <laughs> for some reason. Well, I guess I want to get closer to becoming, you know what? If Tyson can blend in with the crew, I could blend in with the animals. They wouldn't suspect, <laughs> you know, it's my own spy shack. Uh, okay, well, Angela came to visit you on the family visit and she brought Fred the lizard with oh her my as God. well oh my uh, I'd, I'd, I'd sink to my knees and take him in my hands tears streaming down my face <laughs> yeah not your baby sorry <laughs> your wife no, brought not, fred not, the not my not my 11th month old son no she brought the lizard of course sorry fred that's fred the lizard to you oh sorry <laughs> um okay and then let's see so sandra sold you a 50-50 flip-a-coin advantage from the Edge of Extinction. Now, the one question we don't know is, did you buy it or not? I mean, I think I'd probably buy it. It's from Sandra. And, it's, <laughs> and, and we also, it. this coin has literally no disadvantages to it. Like, there's, if you if you get no, you're just not safe. It's not like you lose a vote or anything. So it, it feels like it's, it, especially if I'm swimming in fire tokens considering i have 23 at this point i think i can spare a few on the coin very true well speaking of sandra uh based on this uh like uh the sandra sit out bench that was renamed rupert's wet jeans got renamed mike's rupert's wet jeans oh no (laughs) i don't even want to know what that is and then for your (laughs) final fate in the game you were medevaced after climbing tony's ladder on the hunt for breadfruit oh man sorry he, I trusted him. He said he invented it. That it was supposed to wobble that way. But I fell on my Mike's Rupert's dirty jeans. If only your tail could have been useful during that time. I think I broke my tail in the process. And I had to get medevaced because of it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, Lauren, now that you um, heard what Mike's fate in the game was, are you excited to learn your fate? I cannot wait. Okay. So let's jump on into this. I'm also going to need four numbers. Okay, um, four, 14, uh, 85, and 33. 33, okay. Uh, I'm going to need four nouns. Gosh, all right. Um, gosh, do they have to be survivor related or just nope. like whatever? Okay. Whatever you want. Um, queso. Ooh. <laughs> uh, 
oh gosh this is harder than I was expecting it to be um okay um earring Mm -hmm. um spandex Ooh. and oh man uh peanut butter okay uh I'm gonna need four professions okay um all right plumber Mm -hmm. uh dermatologist okay um truck driver and trophy wife <laughs> love it that counts uh, totally counts totally counts all right four <laughs> four contestants from this season any any uh, four contestants okay uh parvati sophie ethan boston rob okay and finally i'm gonna need four foods Oh, all right. Oh, man, if only you didn't say queso before. I know, you that's can say queso again. You're it's more okay. than I'm, welcome to. I'm, I really like lots of foods. So, um, uh, like food groups, like Chinese, Mexican, ja- like Japanese, or just like actual foods. Any way you interpret it is... All right. uh, Whatever food means to you. Whatever yeah. food means okay. to you. Peanut M&M's. Um, shrimp quesadilla and lemon bars okay sound like sophie when she was talking to her fiance and like giving (laughs) a list of of what to (laughs) provide her when she comes back such a good moment i know okay all right i'm gonna do the spiral lauren so you're gonna tell me when to stop and i'm starting now i honestly forgot what the spiral is so we're just gonna go a little longer okay stop Uh, okay it's like the thing that you use to, because you like go in order and you like cross stuff off and it's how oh, you Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, I'm so excited to see how I do in Survivor. I've always wondered. <laughs> <laughs> well, while, while Liana does that, I want to go back to Tribal Council because on top of the Whispering, we also had this like game of advantage chicken where yeah. Jeremy and Sarah like said Jeff's name at the same time, but then they didn't do anything. And then they both said it again. It reminded me of when you like bump into somebody on the street and you try to move to the side and they move to the same side as you and you keep sort of shuffling back and forth. It seemed like, at least my perception was that the plan for Sarah's alliance was to get rid of Jeremy. So she wasn't going to do anything if Jeremy wasn't going to, which hence, you know, the the planning, the sort of audible that they called. We got some questions as to like, you know, does the order matter? What do you think, Lauren, as somebody who is out there? Like, do you think... You know, if Sarah had stolen Jeremy's vote first, was he, would he not be allowed to leave the tribal council? Oh no, I think he absolutely would have been able to leave the tribal council. Um, I don't think I don't think it would have mattered technically. Um, I I don't know. I think I don't think for Jeremy it matters what Sarah says necessarily because it would have it would have affected him negatively from what we could tell on how the alliances were broken up. Um, and I really do think his only move was to leave. I do think that they were targeting yeah. him. I think that the only way that he stays in the game to uh, to play another day is to leave. Um, because I don't. I think they vote for him. I think that I don't think Kim plays her idol for Jeremy. Um, but maybe she does, you know. But even then, that's just that's luck. It's a one in what four chance, maybe one in one in three chance that she gets it right. So 
I just think that um, it was an interesting play, but I think Jeremy chose correctly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The results speak for themselves. I just think it would be funny if, you know, uh, Sarah's like, I'm stealing Jeremy votes. Jeremy's like, uh-uh, I'm leaving. I don't have a vote. Bye. And then just Honestly, sort of walks that, off into the that's jungle. That's so true. That's so true. I mean, does then is Sarah's, um, is Sarah's advantage wasted then? That's you true. Know? Or it could I be the know. opposite, where uh, Jeremy's like, I'm going to leave. And Sarah says, no, no, no. I'm stealing your vote. You stay right here, mister. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's so interesting. I don't think... I don't think Sarah would have stolen Jeremy's vote only because I think the reason she stole Denise's vote was to make him think they were voting for Denise. And I don't Mm -hmm. think they were ever going to vote for Denise. And so I think that that was maybe, I don't know. I mean, uh, there was such an audible call after Jeremy left. Um, So I don't know. It would have been interesting to see it play out had Jeremy stayed. Yeah, because that's the thing is, is that I don't begrudge Jeremy for leaving. Like, obviously, you want to win. This is an individual game. You do what you got to do. But if he had stayed, you know, do we think that the votes would have gone on to Jeremy or because, you know, Sophie knew Kim had an idol. So are they going to do something as, I don't know, obvious as put the votes on Jeremy? Maybe it wasn't obvious at the time. Like, it's so hard to know, um, especially with what little we kind of got to see from all the strategizing, like what everybody was thinking going into that tribal council. We just got to see sort of the chaos after Jeremy was like, nah, I'm going to head out. So absolutely. I mean, I really... I cannot speak to what anyone was thinking because I just don't know. We didn't see anything right. that right. could even make me confident at all in, in giving some sort of even observation. <laughs> okay. All right, Lauren. It is now time to find out how you would have done. This feels so weird. We've never played with an actual survivor. <laughs> before. Like, I guess maybe if you play again or maybe if you were playing on this season, like let's say right. an alternate yeah. universe where you win and then you get to play okay oh, i love that okay so i'm a yeah. winner already look at yeah exactly you're already a winner so uh, all right okay. so you ended up with only four fire tokens but you did use them to buy spandex so oh, love that for me oh uh, you're like i my pants are too holy right now let me get spandex i don't That's care how many fire tokens i spend yeah it is cold <laughs> i need more I mean, it's better than 25 that you spent on a tail that's true yeah i really wasted my money there <laughs> yeah mike gave himself like really terrible i mean not that he knew but like he gave himself terrible options it was either a screensaver a tail a fan or a shoelace you get bored on survivor i feel like a screensaver would actually be a good way to waste time yeah for sure, for sure. Okay, and then Lauren, when you made it to the family visit, you were visited by your dad, and he brought along his dermatologist. (laughs) So fun. Another win. Get my face looking good before Final Tribal. (laughs) Yeah, with um, wait, like for you think you'd hire him out while he's on the island? (laughs) Absolutely. Why else would he be there? I mean, the dermatologist would bring sunscreen for sure. Like, if there's anything dermatologists push, like, it's the sunscreen. Um, I'm just going to take that as it is. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Then, let's see. So, um, Ethan gave you an idol, but you voted him out. I would never. That's a lie. You speak lies. (laughs) It was a power play. Um, All right. 
Uh, but then let's see. So you gave up shrimp, a reward of shrimp, um, because you're just such sounds a nice like person. Me. Yeah, it does not sound like me. So you gave the shrimp to Nick Wilson. <laughs> yes, you gave the shrimp to Nick Wilson because it was I his birthday. Wouldn't have done that. I'm not that. <laughs> and your ultimate fate in the game you were the rob g dot odys of this season so i think you're gonna pick a fate yeah Uh, and you got your face gussied up and everything from the dermatologist only to fall just short it was because you gave up the shrimp and you bought the spandex those were your game winning moves i think oh man you know what rob g dot odys or whatever it is (laughs) for life yes our robbed goddess you go girl (laughs) that's so funny that's amazing that game is incredible yeah congratulations you didn't win but um that was an option for you your options were either you returned from the edge of extinction twice but you still lost (laughs) you were the winner of the season you were the rob g dot odyssey or you got a purple edit and you weren't really on the season so okay so really i came out victorious out of all those options i think so too i I would say so and look listen your tail did not cause you to get medevac so i think you're a winner (laughs) in every sense of the word yeah well so funny Mike, one of your other options was to misplay extra vote, get blindsided, and voted out of the game. So, <laughs> wait, okay, this feels a little unfair here. Yeah, okay. you were the winner of the season. That... You also had winner of the season as one of your options. Okay, okay, so... I'm feeling the fi- a finger on the scale here. <laughs> yeah, hey, you look, were you know, spiral great option. Yeah, well, the spiral doesn't lie. So, just saying. Well, let, I want to talk about one more thing before we start finishing things up here. It, it's going back to a comment I made towards Lauren, but Jeff Probst, of course, always saying interesting things at the family reward. Lauren got to experience that in person. But Jeff's Jeremy, if you had a diary, is one of the strangest introductions to a question I've heard in quite some time. And I do legitimately wonder, because back in the day when they had luxury items, I think Vesepia like brought a notebook and that really worked out well for her. But I mean, do we think that the concept of a diary, if it was brought onto Survivor, that everyone had a journal, do you think that would do well in the game? Is that something that, you know, could uh, could further evolve the game of Survivor 20 years in? I would die for a journal out there. I mean, being able to write your thoughts down coherently, to be able to count numbers, like, oh my gosh, I journal every day. So for me, I would have loved to have a journal out there. It just helps you stay sane. Um, but I don't think I, I think it's almost better to not have one just because for the sake of the game, because it makes mm. people go crazy. And that's way more fun to watch. Well, I think also, what if someone finds it? That's like the Absolutely. last thing you want. And then everybody's reading your thoughts, who you really trust, who yeah. you don't trust, who you want out, all that kind of stuff. And but it would got, be. If you've got... mm-hmm. Go ahead, Lauren. Sorry. If you got me and Aurora on your tribe, then we're going through your bag for sure. Actually, that's that's very true. But unless you think ahead of that, fourth dimensionally, and write a fake journal. Ooh. Uh, I mean, there there are so many layers to that. Wow. Yes, you could be like, oh, I'm feeling in danger tonight. I'm going to play the one of the three idols I have and just like happen to leave your journal out and have somebody stumble onto it. It um I don't know why that idea reminded me of from Parks and Recreation when Tom Haverford creates a bunch of different dating profiles and it's like all the different versions of him and there's like the nerd version and the like artsy version you would just leave a bunch of different journals out and then like who knows what you're really thinking 
<laughs> oh, that's that's a good idea as well. Of like, if you need, especially if you're in a newbie season and you don't know like which types of personalities me- mesh well with others, instead of trying to be all those people, you can just write like all those people and you'll be like, hey, is this, is this your journal entry? Oh my god, I didn't realize you love soccer. I love soccer, and then you're sort of like, okay, I've got I've got some momentum here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, a journal would really make things interesting. It would make things interesting. I am glad that we didn't have it out there because I would have been right. I think it also takes it takes you out of the game for a second um, because you're, you know, very isolated when you're writing in a journal. You are leaving yourself vulnerable to other people saying it. So I don't know. It's probably a good idea not to have journals out there. <laughs> but you actually had one of the biggest examples of it. And you didn't experience this. But your season had the here's the letters that you wrote to yourself preseason. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I remember that. Um, I have my letter that I wrote myself before the did you season. Ever, did you ever read it back? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Jeff gave it to. Uh, well, I got it the day I was the day after I was voted out. So I guess it would have been like day thirty eight or something um, when I was doing my whole like post being voted out interviews and my Ponderosa video and all that stuff. And I got to read it back, and it was interesting. I mean, if we're being honest, if I was on edge, I don't know that I would have wanted a letter from myself necessarily um probably letters from family would have been better but i don't know i mean i think i think it was a really cool thing to do before the season and then gets to read it after and then even while it was airing get to read it too and kind of see where my mind was at and how i've evolved Mm -hmm. as a person um and see you know did i accomplish what i wanted to do did i did i you know get everything out of it that i wanted to get out of it i think it was i think it was a really cool thing that the producers had us do well now that you've played what would you write to yourself now like does that make sense like now that you've been through the process like how would you change that letter like if I was going to go on it again yeah exactly Mm -hmm. I think that there are two things that I would tell myself and it kind of plays into like when people ask how I would play differently um it would just be to be more confident in my decisions and Mm -hmm. to be more confident in like myself as a person because I think a lot of the time I would second guess you know my decisions my my conversations my um just just pretty much every aspect of my game i was i was nervous a lot and i think that came from having to go to tribal council so often i was always on edge mm-hmm. um and then second would be um to play with a little less emotion i think that there was a lot of times where and i really think about this specifically it was, you know, Rick and I obviously had our own difficult, uh, we had our own relationship, right? And there were times where mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be around him because of the things he had said to me or the way that he had treated me. And I think if I could have maybe stepped out of myself in that situation and others as well, and just been like, okay, it doesn't matter what's happening emotionally, go talk to him or see if you can create a, a an alliance again. You know, I think that that comes in different forms as well. You know, it's like, you're playing with humans and so you have to take that into account but I was I was young when I played and I know it's only been two years since I played but I do think having played and having lived the lived my life since then I can look back on it and think you know I was just right out of college I was I was emotional when I played and I did let things affect me um, more so than I think I would now um and so I think I would write that in my letter I'd be like look you know you need to be confident in your decisions make your decision with the information that you have at the point that you have it and then go from there if you're wrong you're wrong if you're right you're right and make sure you live to see another day you know and then 
don't be so emotional. This is a game for a million dollars and do what you need to do to win. And I think I'd be a little more cutthroat and a little more edgy, if you will, if I were to play again. Yeah, it would Aww. probably help if they give you a different wardrobe, too. Honestly, probably. But I'm, no, but I'm sure, mostly the same. <laughs> make sure you get a hat this time, Lauren. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's such well, good life well, advice, though, too. Sorry, I'm like, uh, yeah. I love it. I know, I love it. I love it so much. Because, like, I agree. It's it's not only, I mean, they, there's a lot of stuff about how, like, Survivor is life or, you know, Survivor breaks you down to who you are. That was a lot of talk, especially over your season. But I think that's very applicable advice as well for, like, people out there in the world even today when things are very scary it's about you know dealing with your own confidence and uh you know also making sure that while you are emotionally invested in things to look at things from from every angle possible to make sure that any decisions you make are not particularly influenced one way or the other absolutely absolutely i do think i like saw uh, i just remember having kind of a switch turn once kelly was voted out um Mm. where i did start to look at things a little more analytically and did start to look at things um, a little less emotionally because I didn't have that person to fall back on anymore. I mean, Kelly was such, I mean, she's one of my best friends. She was such a rock for me while I was out there. She was someone that I looked up to. She was so, she's so good at the game. You know, she's so good socially. She's so good physically. Um, and she is such a great person. And so I was, I felt comfortable being a little more, um, I mean, I think emotional is really the best word I can come up with. It's like, okay, mm. I can be sad because I have someone looking out for me. And as soon as right. she was gone, you know, I think you see it in the episode where people are going after War Dog. I didn't want to vote War Dog out because I was like, look, I know where he stands. I'd rather play with the devil I know than the devil right. I don't. And I wanted to go after Rick because I thought that he was a better target on that on that day and then leave a big target for people to go after next, right? So if you leave War Dog who everybody wants out, and take out Rick that no one really wanted out, that gives us a vote for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I think I started, I started coming into my own once Kelly was gone. Um, and I wish I would have played like that the entire game. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, I really like that. I don't know. It's, it's something I'm sure every Survivor player sort of has in their mind. And I think it also reflects on this season as well, right? Of people being like, last time I did this, I mean, we saw this with Tony. And granted, he said that, you know, his wife uh, told him this before leaving, but like, what would I change about myself and like show what show sides of my personality can I show? Because, again, I feel like you can only fundamentally play like yourself, but we're such multifaceted that, you know, certain certain the volume could get turned up on certain details of you and turned down on other parts. And I think that's sort of like when when we see people play different games, it's just that adjustment of the knobs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I do think there's something to be said about you can't fake who you are out there. I absolutely stand by that. I think that if, if you are an emotional person, you're going to be emotional. Like there's just no getting around it. If you are a kind person, I do think that that's going to show, you know, if you, Mm -hmm. if you are a hateful person, that's going to show it's going to come through because you are stripped of everything. And I, I know that one thing I wrote in my letter to me when I was out there was, um, you know, be okay with being yourself. Um, but make sure that you are, are loving everybody for everything that they are. Because I mean, I do believe that. And I, I say this on, on every platform I have is like, I do truly believe that everyone is made in the image of God. And there are people out there that, you are encountering for the first time that are from completely different walks of life than you that are that have experienced life in completely different ways. And I think that that was something that I took into account when I went out there. It's like, look, you might be tired, you might be hungry, you might be 
pissed, you might be hurt, but you better make sure that you're kind and to every single person out here because they are, you know, a child of God. And I think that that was something that I was, I was proud to say that I took into that game and I felt like I did. Um, Mm. And I think that it's super, I think that it's super important to know that Survivor is, like I said, it's a game for a million dollars. Do what you have to do to win, but you're also playing with people and there are lines you can't cross and there are things that you can't do and there are things that you shouldn't do. Um, and I think that's what makes Survivor the best TV show and game ever play to ever play because it is so multifaceted. There are so many aspects of the of humanity on there um, in such a difficult environment. You mean behind endurance, obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, the second one to endurance. Maybe, maybe like 1.5 will be Zoo Venture. Any other JD Roth based production is <laughs> default number one. But then Survivor, uh, of course. And then Survivor, well, maybe. It's close yeah. up there with The Bachelor, though. Come on. <laughs> exactly. If, if you're, especially when you're promoting uh, Kim's boutique designs. Uh, exactly. Speaking of, I mean, that's some great pieces of advice. And speaking of advice, we're going to move into our final segment here on the BNB, which is the question of the week. Last week, we solicited a question from the audience to answer, which we're going to do this week. Uh, in honor of the Chinese food reward from last week, we asked our audience to write their own Survivor fortune cookie. And we're going to read us some of the answers, some of the other wisdom that people are giving out there. Uh, so excited. Jonathan Troyer says, sometimes the only reward for honor and integrity is the dragons you slayed along the way. <laughs> iron sharpens so iron. <laughs> I, I do feel like a lot of coach sayings could probably make their way into a fortune cookie. Oh, or, gosh, he, or, yeah. he, or he took them from fortune cookies. Or he, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, ladder is more likely, I believe. Not Tony's ladder. Ladder. <laughs> uh, so John John said uh, he provided a fortune cookie quote for Survivor players who quit the game, uh, which is from Rocco's Modern Life. Bad luck and misfortune will infest your pathetic soul for all eternity. So, <laughs> oh my God. Really taking that anti-quitter stance, John John. Okay. Uh, this, this one's just for Lauren. Josh Creek, Josh Creek says in a ream voice, dude, whatever. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love Reem. I, uh, I would. Reem. I would. I would love some Fort Dream cookies, where it's just like, like not even like big, you know, uh, motivational advice. It's like, st- quit whining. Come oh, on. I love Reem. I mean, she is she is quality TV, but she is also an awesome person. She's so funny. Oh my gosh, she just tells it like it is, and I love people like that. Dan Sadensky says. Some things in Survivor, like this fortune cookie, are too good to be true. You lose your vote, but here's parchment and a pencil. My God, the Jamal disadvantage, Liana. It's reared its ugly head again. No! Get it Wait, I didn't get that first. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a rough, that was a rough um, advantage. <laughs> you ever see a fortune cookie on Survivor before? Yeah, <laughs> not advantage being a loose term to describe it. Elizabeth says... Safety lies in numbers, but actually it's a clue that there are some numbers on the island that leads to an idol. Ooh, I like that. I like the double meaning there. Well, that means Michelle would do really well because, again, Michelle was sort of guided by the principles of the fortune cookie. So she would be the most one to take things literally. (laughs) Yeah, although you take it literally, safety lies in numbers. Maybe that's why, because she voted for Tyson, right? Mm, mm -hmm. So, you know. That was interesting interesting aspect i did not see coming mm-hmm, same uh josh green says uh many fortune cookies actually were used in the toast that jeff was making in the beginning of the season uh and he listed one i'm surprised he didn't use 
your road to glory will be rocky, but fulfilling. But yeah, maybe that's another, much like Coach, maybe Jeff Probst was sort of cribbing off of fortune cookies to write his, well, we always have a drink at war speech. Yeah, what was it? A drink before war is always a good idea or something like that? Yeah, exactly. That That does sound like a fortune cookie now that you you say it like that. (laughs) Tristan says, resting on your laurels doth a laurel make. Uh, possible interpretation not making flashy big moves could lead you to being a no vote finalist i do like both the double entendre and the fact that it was a little shakespearean in the doth in there Doth, yes <laughs> uh lauren another lauren said i thought tony's advice was perfect for a survivor fortune cookie don't get too caught up in the moment and also uh congratulations this fortune cookie is a hidden immunity idol if you've already eaten your fortune cookie then sorry you have lost your hidden immunity idol and she said, I always eat my fortune cookie first before reading the message. So I would definitely fail at this advantage. Oh, my Dope. gosh. Me too. I do love the uh, the moment uh, quote. That was because it, like if I could just have a pronunciation dictionary um, from Tony, I think that would be everything I need in life. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just need like Tony E's like uh-huh. he has his own language. It seems I also do like if the co- if the cookie is an idol, because I can imagine somebody being like Jeff. Here's my broken fortune cookie. I believe you want this. Can I play this? Can I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adam Klein you, moment. You want to play this broken <laughs> fortune cookie that you found in your pocket. Like, yep. That's so funny. And finally, Nick Snow decided to give us an actual quote from an actual fortune cookie that he got at Panda Express. Your confidence will lead you to success, which really is like straight out of the big moves era. Ooh, that also, I think, is what Lauren would have written to herself if she had to write a new letter. It is. Right? It is. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. Well, for next week, uh, speaking of Tony, we heard him describe himself as fast and sloppy. So we're going to go back into Survivor history here. I want you all out there to give any Survivor from Survivor's past and give us two words to describe them. Uh, we're limiting your vocabulary here. You have a bunch of ways you can reach out to us with these answers. You can use the hashtag RHAPBNB on Twitter and the rest of social media. You can email us, RHAPBNB at gmail.com. We'll be reviewing it all next week. We're going to be talking with uh, a very interesting guest. He's an actor, he is a comedian, and he is an author of a brand new book called The Astonishing Life of August March, a novel. Aaron Jackson will be joining us next week to break down episode 11 of Survivor 40. He is uh, he's a well-known comedian, but he's also a giant Survivor fan. He told me before this season that he actually rewatched all the seasons in preparation for this. So I'm sure he has many, many takes to give, and we're super excited to have him on. But for now, Lauren, this was like a barrel and a half, I mean, 23 barrels of laughs. Uh, as many Spire tokens as I spent without a tail. Uh, in the perspective season of Survivor, we got deep. We got, we went back to seventh grade in PE class. This went all over the place, and I could not have been happier getting to talk with you. So, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this season and also submitting yourself to all these games that we throw your way. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun, and I love talking about Survivor. I really do. I think that that's what makes going on the show so fun is that it has people that love it as much as I did while I was playing. So if people want to keep track of you on social media and, and send you suggestions for wardrobe items you can wear yes. to make you look more edgy for the next time you come on Survivor, uh, how can people find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Lauren with two A's dot Alexandra, or you can find me on Twitter at Lolly underscore Alexandra. 
All right, Liana, what other podcast do you have going on in the moment? <laughs> in the moment. Uh, let's see. So first you can find me on Twitter at Liana R-H-A-P. I am currently podcasting about RuPaul's Drag Race with Brent Wolgman and Amon Adwin. We're going to be talking about all things Droop, the parody of Goop, which was a very <laughs> interesting episode. Uh, I'm also talking about Lego Masters with my sister. She and I wrapped up episodes 8, 9, and 10 of the American version of the TV show. And then, of course, Puya and I are talking about... The Masked Singer or whatever that episode was, the super duper sing-along spectacular episode of The Masked Singer. So look for all of those in the reality TV wrap-ups thread or their own individual feeds. You can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out the alumni interviews that I've been doing this season. Again, of course, uh, we have not been doing Exit Press because of the Edge of Extinction. But every week that someone goes, I have been trying to talk to someone who played with that winner. So last week with Adam, I got to talk with Brett LaBelle, which was a lot of fun. He had a lot of interesting opinions about that very chaotic tribal. Plus, of course, I had him sound off about the winners at Warsong, considering how musical of a person he is. Since Tyson already left, uh, I elected not to do one this week. But you could read the one that I had uh, with Jervis Peterson, Never Nervous Jervis, uh, back during episode five or so. You can check all that out at parade.com slash tag slash survivor. I'm doing Top Chef coverage as well on reality TV or half-ups. Over on Post Show Recaps, Josh Wiggler and I have been doing our Lost Episode Rewatch podcast, a really interesting episode this past week where I reveal one of my deepest, darkest fears. Want to find out? Make sure to listen to our podcast. And also did a, a couple of other little wrap-up podcasts. I did a wrap-up of Shit's Creek, which ended a couple of weeks ago with the great Shannon Gus. It is a show I am a bit of a latecomer to, but absolutely fell in love with uh, between laughter and tears. I also did a Brant Steele with Rob Cesarino and Jessica Lease of Star Trek characters. Lauren, I'm sure once you became a member of the Survivor family, there was so much about the community that was opened up to you. Are you aware of what a Brant Steele is? I, I am not. I'm not. No. <laughs> so there is a website that has created uh, simulations of Survivor, of Big Brother, of a bunch of different reality shows. So we simulate seasons of Survivor using real people, using fictional characters, using inanimate objects. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a really, really fun thing to do. And we did that with a bunch of Star Trek characters. So be sure to That's check all so that out. Cool. Uh, also, I don't know when our podcast with Aaron will be going out. So I'll, I'll publicize this now. Uh, I'll be doing a Reddit AMA on Saturday, the 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern with the other Survivor historians. So if there's anything you want me to ask me, go ahead. Uh, the reddit's the limit i suppose so be sure to check all that out that's gonna do it for this week on the bnb if you all have any game suggestions of stuff you want to play be sure to email us rhapbnb at gmail.com we've been getting a lot of suggestions which i'm very happy about i think a couple that we're going to be using later on down the line in this season uh special thanks to scott st pierre for editing this behind the scenes our head writer paul oslison and wolf from america for our fantastic theme song Lauren, thank you so much again, Liana. Great work as per usual. We'll be back next week with Aaron Jackson to break down episode 11. But for now, we'll check you out at your next day. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. Sounds cool, I can tell you the name.